0: Welcome to the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow, a damn near unlistenable business, branding, and marketing podcast thingy. By listening to the intro, you're contractually obligated to have $29.99 per month coming out of your bank account via draft. Don't try unsubscribing. His legal staff is bloodthirsty and damped up and ready to sue the pants off all challengers. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this
1: debacle uh, of the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow. Today, we are joined by Brian Meek of Meek Marketing and Consulting. Not meat marketing, Meek with a K. So um, I appreciate Brian being here and a uh, pleasure to introduce him to you folks. Brian, tell us a little bit about you and, uh, and what you get up to over in the Monterey Bay area
2: so uh, i'm a I'm a digital marketer marketer out here in the Monterey Bay Area, um, specifically dealing with uh, Facebook and Instagram ads social media management and those platforms. I dabble a little bit in in uh, YouTube and LinkedIn as well, but those are the the typical platforms I stay in um, i I just I started working for a client doing some consulting work um, in his box stores in his, in his actual retail locations, and he needed he needed somebody to handle this. I dove in. I fell in love with it. He fell in love with the results, and it just kind of took off from there. Um, and since then, I have just saw the need for better solutions in social media in my area versus what's kind of been going on uh, in the in the different agencies that are out there locally mm-hmm. and what they provide. So, yeah.
1: Do you do you find there's a generational difference in business owners that uh, in the way that they use social media or? Uh, or view social media, I've, I've found in my business, and I, I do a lot of marketing as well, that the people of my generation, I'm a, I'm a Gen X, or I'm, I'm 47, uh, a lot of, not a lot, not a lot but a, a fair few of the people uh, in business uh, of my age don't really get that much into Facebook uh, advertising and stuff until they're shown the power of it, um, but it seems that millennials have more of an understanding of, of the power just right out of the box.
2: Yeah. I think that the, the main issue that I'm seeing is, is, and that, and, and that's kind of the age range I deal with is a, a little bit, um, you know, 35 and above mm-hmm. simply because their are, their businesses are more, more established. They can leverage this type of marketing much better than, than the younger generation. Um, but I feel like there's, there's a gap that they think that just because the millennials understand it, that they're the ones that they have to go to. And that's not the case. Anybody can learn this. Mm. Um, Anybody can leverage this to their advantage. It just really depends on whether or not you want to learn it. Um, Anybody that adopted this, these platforms early on um, early adopters, they're already understanding the power of it. Um, And then people that are adopting it now are having to reach out to people like you and I digital marketers, Mm. because they're so far behind. Facebook's moving. the platform's moving so fast that if not, if you're not learning on a daily basis, you're behind, you're already behind. Um, uh, so there's, there's this weird, to me, there's a weird thing that happens where people think that the millennials have the answer. Um, and then the millennials think that they're the only ones that can do it. And that's not the case. Anybody can do this. It's real simple. Uh, yeah. It just takes effort.
1: Well, one thing that's kind of fascinating about that, and I actually read an article a couple of months about this, you know, with as rapidly as things change, you know, and and we see that. I know that, you know, you're on Facebook and and you, you see a lot of what goes on on Facebook. It changes almost every day, you know. So a lot of people honestly are, they have to relearn things and have to, you know, stay on top of this to be effective. But that also means that everybody's kind of, there's a level playing ground or a level playing field. Um, once you get past the kind of typical nomenclature, um, it's, it's still a moving target, um, which means that a millennial doesn't have any better chance of hitting that target than someone, you know, older. It's just a matter of getting in there and learning it and doing it. Um, and the beauty of it is they, you know, Facebook gives you, uh, in social media in general, they give you the playbook. You know, they tell you how to do it. Um, and so I just i the the age question to me is it's it's a little bit it's a little bit false I think I think that um, you know if an old fucker like me can do it um, anybody can do it right um, you know I'm I'm no smarter than the average millennial I'm no dumber um, and I'm no smarter than the average Gen Xer I just you know what I focus on is a different a different thing than a lot of business owners focus on um, and so i, I, I don 't know I, I feel that we do ourselves a disservice by saying oh it 's just a young man 's game because it 's not it's it's it 's a game for all of us
2: I think that the biggest thing right now is 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 really getting getting it across to um, to these people that this is the future it, it, and it 's happening today it 's not happening yesterday. If you go back and you look at advertising. Whatever the newest medium was, was the place that anybody that was there was succeeding. If you go back to print advertising, you go to radio, TV, and now social media. Uh, even in between that, um, SEM, SEO stuff. That those mediums are just a place to have conversations where people are at. It's not. It's not a. It's not a, anything different than having TV ads in the '70s when TV was blowing up. This is the new TV. This will change. Everything's going to change in the future. Um, But when you, when you get people to see that that's what's really going on and the value that's provided in these things, the cost that it is right now, um, that's when, that's when I really start to see the light bulb go off. Uh, Like you said, my 80, my 83 year old grandfather is on Facebook or he was on Facebook before he passed away. And he understood Facebook just as well as I did because he spent time on the platform. It's about time and effort, and it's not so much about um, whose game it is. You, anybody can play this game. Like you said, Facebook makes it a level playing field. Instagram makes it a level playing field. They want everybody on their platform as for as long as possible. Um, and once you can understand that and you can use that to your advantage, there's no limits to how far you can go with this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the other thing in, in all that too, you know, it's like you said, it's a platform. It's a tool. It's a delivery mechanism. Uh, social media in general and the internet in general is—it's a delivery mechanism. The—the the concepts and and the the real ideas behind marketing haven't changed um, for what 120 years. It's you know since we moved into a, a wants based based economy or an emotion based economy, um, it's been forever. So you know those those sorts of things haven't changed. It's just the the tools and delivery mechanisms have changed and people's time or attention spans have gotten a lot shorter. Um, but, you know, you're still doing the Edward Bernaysian uh, marketing that has been going on forever. You're just displaying on a different platform. Absolutely.
2: And, it, and it's also one of those things that um, – if you really study marketing, it, it, it like you said, it doesn't change. Nothing changes the way you, it's just that you have to change the way you talk to people, the way you have that conversation. Now we can segment it down instead of one to many. We can really speak to one person at a time if you want to. Um, and that's where this power is, is if I want to target men who have a propensity to follow a specific website and they it, for steampunk, this popped up in my head. If you own a steampunk, company you you provide anything in that realm you can just market to those you don't have to put it in a magazine and hopefully somebody sees your ad um it's very different than what it used to be
1: yeah it used to be so much more of a shotgun approach you know you would just line up a bunch of people and and fire a shotgun and hope to hit a few of them right um now you know you've got a sniper rifle you've got a scope you've got the ability to really pick people out um and it's, it's incredibly powerful. And especially when you combine the, that power with, um, you know, tried and true and effective marketing theory and, and technique from days of yore. Um, it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. I, I, um, you know, I bemoan the days of, of Ruby Lith and exacto knives and, you know, the, the ad agency kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, back in the day, this, you didn't have this kind of power. You didn't have this, this availability to reach out and, you know, drop a very focused message in a very focused, you know, group of people. It's just, it's phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, if you're ready, um, now is the time, uh, where I'm going to ask you five questions. Let's rock. Yep. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, I have been, uh, I've been called names over these questions. So, um, yeah, if if you get your feelings hurt, I yeah, send me legal documents.
0: <laughs> so, Got it.
1: Anyway, question number one for Brian Meek: Define punk.
0: Hmm. It,
2: it's any anything or anybody that that is goes against the grain, that is uh, uh, causes friction in in kind of the mainstream. Um, it's not just a punk kid, right? A punk kid is somebody that isn't following the rules or not doing what they're told. Well, that's just doing, that's what I, what we're doing is, is we're not following the rules anymore. We're making up the rules as we go. Those are the same people that in 20 years uh, are going to have the same problems that we have with those punk kids is, is they've changed the rules and now everybody else is playing by the new rules. um, And they're making up, the new rules for the future. Um, it's not, it's not a specific person thing. It's just really going against the grain to me. That's how I see it.
1: Cool. 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 Do you, would you define or, or would you classify any of your business as punk? Do you feel that you approach your business in a punk way? And this isn't question number two. That's, this is just an extra bonus question.
2: I do. I don't, I, I've been in retail management, um, pretty much my whole career up until this point in marketing, um, you know, and understanding how to sell sell to people. Um, and my approach at the very beginning was learn as much as you can so you can have as much information so that you can regurgitate that information to be the authority so people come to you. Um, and that, that rubbed people the wrong way, specifically like upper management. They wanted, this is the framework you you need to be in. This is how we've designed it. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do things my way. It worked. I made millions of dollars for these companies doing it that way. And uh, um, I, I, never saw, I never saw a problem with it, but they did. Um, and so I continue to do that. I continue to push the envelope to do things different, to find the newest thing. Um, and, and change the rules because if you're not constantly, if if I'm not constantly innovative or trying to push myself to be better, how am I supposed to have a client have the faith that I'm going to make their business better? Um, if I'm not willing to push myself to push them to be better. Um, so yeah, I mean, most of my businesses, if you want to put it in a word, yeah, it could be punk because I don't follow the norm. I, I, I like to do things my way, um, stubborn that way so
1: yeah yeah i think there's definitely there's definitely a part of punk that is stubborn um think you have to be stubborn um because otherwise you just bend and blow in the wind that's not good cool all right question number two uh least effective marketing technique that you see being used on a regular basis
2: cold outreach um it just um Or talking, you know, talking to people like they're like everybody else, we're all different. And, and for me and I, and I made this mistake and I know we met in a, in a a Facebook group that teaches the opposite of this, right? This is, that's what their, their values are. And I made the same mistake that I, that goes against that, not because I was trying to go against it, but because I was trying, just trying to get things started and, I got the door slammed in my face every single time. And then once I became more conversational and more relationship building, that's when things started flooding in. So the biggest, the biggest mistake I see, and if, when you're in the marketing world, it, it, you, you can't help but see it um, because you get them on a daily basis, but just the cold emails that are just blatantly, um, you know, Hey, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing. It's just, it's off putting Instagram, If you're doing this right now, if you're listening to this and you're doing this, stop it. If you are cold DMing people on Instagram or on Facebook, Facebook Messenger is going to change. So if you're well, hopefully we get into this, but because that's where I see the future of marketing is in the Messenger platform. But if you're cold DMing people on Instagram, you are you are killing the industry. You're doing a disservice to everybody out there that's busting their ass to make this work. Because when I see the 35 Cold DMs on Instagram, I just delete them. I, I don't want. I don't care what you sell. I don't care how great it is. If you're cold DMing people on Instagram, that's the most private thing you can do. I'd rather you text message me than cold DM me on on Instagram right now because it's a private platform. Really, so stop it. If you're doing it, just stop it. It's it's killing killing the Instagram platform when people
0: do that.
1: Well, and it's it's a just numerically it's stupid. You know, if you send out a thousand cold dms you might get one person even slightly interested um and it takes a long time to send you know a thousand dms well they
2: have have a bots now that do it for you and 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 we have a couple people in this area that and i and i tell them like what are you doing why are you spending your money doing that it's a worthless thing well we got some sales how many sales did it actually how how about this did it make your brand look better because you look like an (sighs) idiot yeah, you, you look like I, an asshole. It's, everybody that I deal with, the people that I, I, I work with get the same DMs, and we all fucking laugh at each other. We yeah. text each other, like, look at these idiots, right? Because we know that that's worthless. Uh, um, you know, it, it, It's something that just don't do it. Now, messenger bots, where you're getting permission to have that conversation, that's one thing. Um, but cold DMing, it's just making you look stupid. And it's not even a numbers game. Like it is devaluing your brand at at, a, at such a rapid pace. It is ridiculous just because I liked you or followed you on Facebook or Instagram. doesn't mean I need your sales pitch right away. No. Um, you know, it, it's, and then for instance, I saw this yesterday and I don't know if it was, if it was a uh, uh, real, but the post was real. I don't know if that was real, but this part is real there. There's a, client I'm dealing with uh, on Instagram. I run their social media platforms, their Facebook and their Instagram. And they, uh, um, you know, we're following on following people trying to build their platform. And one of the posts from somebody we're following was, you know, RIP, my brother passed away, blah, 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 blah. Right. Unfortunate, like total, totally unfortunate. I feel bad for the family, but somebody ran their bot and said, Hey, great post. We should connect that is the worst thing you can do. Like stop running these comment bots on Instagram. Cause you're, you look like an idiot. Like it's just, it, that's the worst thing. That's, that's akin to like a, a terrible event happening in our country. And then you're talking about uh, something that's the totally opposite of that. Now like, you're going to devalue your brand. And then not only that, you're running a bot to, to anybody that's on your following you on or you're following. So you can comment to try to get some sort of engagement and then, you do that. Like that's what happens. And so stop it.
1: Yeah. Hey, sorry, your wife died. Let's hang out and play video games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right. Uh, question number three. Um, you know, I know that in marketing and and what we do, there's, we all kind of wear different hats. Um, you know, we do a lot of different things and sometimes it's difficult even to kind of quantify exactly all that we do. Um, but if you were forced to choose to only provide one of your services, which one would you provide
2: specifically? Facebook and Instagram targeted ads, one hundred percent. You know, building email campaigns, building landing pages—that's all part of it. But if I could spend my day uh, interest it, going through just finding people through interest targeting, what websites they go to, the the framework of of building a campaign to find the right people to put the things in front of the right people. That's what I would do. Uh, and that includes like the copy and the creative. I might not, I might not be the best graphic designer. Um, but in the e-commerce world, most people have uh, high quality pictures already ready to go, putting it all together, saying the right things to the right people, finding those people. That's what I would do all day long. And that's what I love to do. Um, and when I talk to people about that, they can see my passion. Um, and so, much more of a, of a yes for me and my, my genius zone, like the place I want to be versus, uh, you know, running social media platform, like running the pages themselves. Um, you know, that's the tedious work. And then we can go on forever about the stuff that's just extra things that, you know, we, we don't want to do, we have to do because it's part of the job, but, um, you Building landing pages is like a close second, even though my design is terrible. You went to my website. It's the worst website in the world. I
1: wasn't going to say anything. It's it's actually, it is not the worst I've seen. It is not even close. It's,
2: it's not great. Uh, It's it's in the works. I've got, I got something going on with that right now. Um, But uh, uh, it's, you know, I, I built it myself. I'm not the best, but I'm building things out for so many people now that I don't have the time to go back. You know, that's the, problem you have when you start to build is the things that you need to take care of for your own business. Don't get, don't get looked at. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it would be, it would be really just tart, like <clears throat> that sniper rifle, you know, firing the Tomahawk missiles. That's what I want to do is, yeah. is really get that going.
1: Cool. 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 All right. This one, um, I, I did this one because I know that we're in in some of the same, same Facebook groups and, and subscribe to some of the same stuff. Um, is sales a dirty word to you?
2: No, no. I, I, think, I think the approach is what turns people off. It's not so much the sales. I mean, me being, like, I was in, like I said, retail um, sales, uh, retail management, retail sales for years. Um, and it's not, it, it's, it, it's the approach. Are you going to come off as a sleazeball that doesn't know what he's doing? You're going to lie to people to get them to buy your stuff? That's where you, that's where the dirty word comes from. What I did was I learned, like I said, knowledge-based sales, where you provide a solution to a problem that somebody has. That's where you're not even selling anything. Somebody comes to you with a problem. You say, this is your best solution. And they really sell themselves. It's not, it's not, you build that relationship. They come back for more. They send people your way. It that's how I made millions of dollars for these companies was based off of that, not based off of here buy my thing, here buy my thing. I did that. I hated it. It was the worst thing I ever did. S- selling cell phones, like handing out flyers in the mall, like ha- hammering every single person. It was terrible. Once I was able to t- transition to a, a relationship style of of selling, that's when uh, uh, you know I was very successful doing that. So um, no, and it's so much more fun, no. isn't it? Yeah. It's, it, it may, it, you don't hate the job anymore. You know, pushing pe- pe- people to buy uh, uh you know, specific thing, cars, right? A lot of people think cars. We, I, I think right now, realtors, uh <laughs> the realtor space is really getting <laughs> diluted with these people, right? Like they stop selling cars. They start selling houses. Uh, not, if you're a realtor out there, I'm not, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about that. <laughs> but you're, you're the best. Yeah. You're the best, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's the pushy side of it. It's the whole cold DMing. If you're cold DMing people or you're, you're, you're pushing people, cold outreaching people, that's where the bad word comes from. Um, but if you're like us and you're really providing a value to somebody, you, it's not sales. It's, it's, it's providing a solution, it's helping people. That's, where, that's the difference.
1: Yeah. yeah, uh, it, Helping people is so much more fun. It really is. It's, and, and, and I think in the long run is the much more sustainable way to grow a business. You, know, you turn around and try to choke somebody so that they hand you their wallet they're not going to like you nearly as much as if you hang out with them for a while right. and, you know buy them a drink so. all right question number five um when it comes time to buy a pair of shoes are you excited or are you dreading it
2: it's probably the one thing that takes you the longest to purchase um and it's simply because I'll find a pair of shoes that I really love and then they'll stop fucking making it and it pisses me off. Um, but I, I dread it in the sense that it's something I know I'm going to have for a while. And so I want to make sure I find the right thing. Um, you know, I, I do this whole digital marketing things like the side gig. That's what I'm working on getting out of what I do. The main gig, um, the company I work for, they provide us with, boots and you know we have safety equipment and they're terrible but i take the ones that they give us because that's the ones they give us and uh, i hate it when i buy a pair of shoes for myself or you know a pair of uh, athletic shoes or whatever it is i I take my time i don't i don't go and buy the first thing up the shelf i don't look for the cheapest pair i don't look for the most expensive pair because that doesn't make sense either it makes sense to find the pair that fits you um and and that's what i look for yeah
1: I, I shoe shopping for me is like pulling teeth. <laughs> I
2: think I saw you uh, post that a couple of months ago or a month ago. Yeah,
1: I mean, sure. it, you know, I'll I'll wear a pair of shoes for seven or eight years until they just completely fall apart because mainly because I don't want to go shopping for another fucking pair of shoes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm I'm the same way as you. It's like it, I know that as soon as I find a great pair of shoes, they're going to stop making them.
0: Right,
1: and it's just it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Cool. Well, Brian, you made it through the gauntlet. I hope that wasn't too uncomfortable or, or too strange. Um, I hope that, that you know, I hope people get a little bit of something out of that. But um, on our way out, man, what uh, do you have a value bomb? Or you just want to drop some links? You want to give people uh, a joke? Whatever you got, the floor is yours.
2: You know what? Let's, let's tell a joke. This is an old joke. It's going to take a few minutes here, but let's, let's get into it. Let's here. do it. Okay. So there's a guy and he, he comes home from work, he's sitting on the couch and he's eating peanuts, his wife's cooking dinner. And he's throwing his peanuts in the air and he's catching them in his mouth. His wife calls him, he turns his head, peanut falls in his ear. He's like, oh shit, how do I get this out of here? Not trying to worry his wife, not trying to say anything. So he's digging around, he can't get it out. And he finally goes to his wife, he's like, honey, I can't get this peanut out of my ear. He's throwing it, you know, it got caught in my ear. She's laughing at him. She's like, well, let's let me try. She's trying, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Son, uh, sorry, his, his daughter and his, uh, uh, and her boyfriend come home as they're getting ready to go to uh, the hospital, to get this peanut out of his ear. And they're like, what's going on? We're, we're going to the hospital dad got a peanut stuck in his ear. I, we got to go get this thing out of it. And the son, the, the boyfriend says, sir, I think I can help you. He said, well, what do you mean? Well, I'm going to stick both my fingers up your nose and I want you to blow. And that peanut should pop out of your ear. I'm going to the hospital anyway. Let's try it sticks his, fien- his fingers up his nose, blows, peanut pops out. Oh my God. Thank you, son. They all have dinner. The husband and wife are sitting in bed later that night. The wife turns to her husband and says, honey, that boy's really, really smart. You think he's gonna be a doctor or a lawyer? And he said, I don't know about that, but judging by the smell of his fingers, I think he's going to be our son-in-law.
1: Oh, 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 okay i like that one
2: so it's a good one long one but uh build up to one. it yeah it's a good, a good one, one. so
1: You're, and, and you are in fact the first guest who has has offered up a joke so so that's yeah you want one. to
2: go to my links you can but uh, uh you know meek marketing consulting you can find me on facebook instagram if you go to my instagram my link is actually a uh, uh, messenger um you know my bot it, it, that's if you guys are interested in that that's what I do. Um, that's what I'm working on doing for a lot of people right now, um, and so you can go to my Instagram meek marketing and consulting um, and you can reach out to me there, but uh, much rather provide some sort of disgusting, funny joke that people probably have never heard before. That's I heard a t- twenty years ago, so
1: yeah, that's a good one that's a good one yeah, I need to have an all joke episode
2: let's do it i'm in we could have like four or five people i i know a couple comedians man that would come on and probably just hammer this thing just destroy your 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 podcast for the rest of the rest of everybody else
1: that's okay i like that it's it's only it's made to be destroyed anyway so right on cool cool well uh everybody i will definitely uh drop the link to brian's uh gear down in the uh, show description dude go check him out great guy a lot of fun and uh he's got some good jokes got some good jokes so anyway i really appreciate it brian um let's do this again and and yeah. let's certainly stay in touch and uh see what kind of mischief we can't get up to
2: you got it uncle awesome. all right we'll talk, we'll talk to you later you, brian have, have a good
0: buddy
1: mike cooper my log and clear now yeah you're good awesome you got rid of the mustache
3: I've never really had a
1: mustache
3: really I thought you had a mustache no
1: yeah.
3: sometimes it gets a uh, fills in a little bit after a few days of not shaving cool but, uh, yeah typically no cool cool you staying busy yeah actually it's turned out to be a pretty good uh, couple months cool A lot of new stuff coming in, uh, uh, over the last, uh, week, actually. It's just like all of a sudden someone turned on the faucets and it's like, okay, let me run while, uh, while it's there. And
1: yeah, (laughs) that's good, man. I like when the faucets get turned on. Yeah. Yeah. So yourself keeping busy. Yeah. Yeah. We're, um, we're kind of done with our, the big part of our trip. So we're, uh, we're at a house in South Carolina for a couple of months. Oh, okay. Um, getting some stuff taken care of in, in North Carolina, getting all that, all that stri- uh, straightened away. And, um, our oldest son is getting ready to move into a new house and holidays and all that good stuff. So we just decided we'd stay put for a little while. Nice. Nice. You just, you just kind of renting a temporary pad kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're, it's actually an Airbnb so we got it for uh, a couple of months and then after that i think we're actually going to go and spend a couple of months at the beach nice so you're still
3: still kind of on the road just settling down somewhere for a bit
1: yeah 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 we just needed to um you know all of our furniture and all that stuff is still in north carolina we got some pets and my mom is there and our sons we're just we're really just back to spend the holidays and, and honestly get through the winter time um you know, long term travel in the summertime is great. Long term travel in the wintertime, not so much.
3: <laughs> yeah, not as uh, <clears throat> not so much fun because you're stuck inside a lot, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, even you know, it, well, I mean, we last year we traveled during the wintertime and we made it down south before it really got cold. But down south, when it's not really cold, it's rainy, um, which just means you're stuck inside all the damn time. It's, yeah. So being stuck
3: in an RV isn't necessarily the most fun thing.
1: No, no. <laughs> no. I mean, it would be better if I didn't have to work, but you know, I'm, I'm still expected to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So you're doing everything off a laptop. Yeah. 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 i actually just got a new laptop last week and i mm. um, still ironing out the bumps in that one. It's, um, It's a killer machine, but it's it it takes me it seems like a month every time I get a new machine It takes me a month to get everything working the way it really needs to all the data transferred and stuff
3: Okay Um, So I I just had to replace my computer my hard drive died from my laptop and um, You know, I I find it was pretty good as far as all my files are always on Dropbox, right? I always put them in there right away. So there's no issues with lost files it's just that, you know, you can go a week and all of a sudden realize, oh, wait, there's a program that I missed that I need.
1: Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. It's like, oh, you know, I went today to record um, a voice memo and realized that I hadn't installed the recording program that I'd used on the other laptop. so
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: It's gotta, oh, always something missing and, you know, oh, well, I forgot to reinstall that font or you know, mm. something ridiculous like that. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: well, I decided to go with the desktop this time around, and I'm going to probably just cut um, some beard hairs on my microphone. Oh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, I'm probably going to replace the hard drive on the laptop just with a solid-state drive, even if it's small, just so yeah. it's a, an operating computer. And so I have it if I'm traveling or something to kind of do the basics, right? Yeah. But I think that's what, that's what killed me, is it was a regular hard drive, and it probably just got bounce around too much of my luggage.
1: Yep. Killed it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got um a couple of years ago went with SSD on a laptop and it's I can't go back to a regular a regular hard drive anymore. Just that much faster? Oh man. It's unbelievable. This this thing boots up from a from being dead in about ten seconds.
3: Wow.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty rad. Yeah. Cool. Well, I look forward to trying that out. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. good. Well, if you're ready, man, let's get into the show. Um, yeah, absolutely. Pretty easy stuff. I don't know if you read through that, that uh, DM I sent, but we'll just kinda, quickly briefly. Yeah. I mean, we'll just, we'll talk for, or I'll, I'll intro you. We'll talk for a minute. We'll get into some questions and then I'll let you say whatever you want to. Um, last guy told a joke. Um, you can drop a value bomb. You can promo your business or whatever you want to do. Sure. Cool. So, um, BlackMountainMedia.com. dot ca. dot ca. Yes. .ca. Cool.
3: I got nice. hijacked by someone. And they stole the .dot com on me before I got it, and you know, they want a couple thousand bucks.
1: Yeah, it's not always the case. Yeah. 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 I've dealt with cyber squatters ad nauseum in my life. I'm not yeah. a big fan. So, all right. Well, if you are good, I'm good. And let's get this thing going. Everybody, Matt. All right. Hey, Hey everybody. And welcome to this debacle of the uncle Jimbo side show. Uh, today we're joined by Mike Cooper from North of the border. Um, and we, we, we'll still accept him even though he is Canadian. Um, he's, he's a hell of a guy, uh, great sense of humor. Um, some of the sickest dad jokes I've ever seen in my life uh, and a, and a hella talented SEO and website, man. I really appreciate Mike and appreciate him being here. So, uh, Mr. Cooper, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I am the uh, owner of black mountain media and, uh, I do uh, website design SEO work <clears throat> really focus in on the service providers who are trying to serve their local areas. So that would probably include, uh, plumbers, electricians, carpet cleaners, mechanics, stuff like that. And uh, that's where I really like to specialize in, on local marketing tactics versus, uh, you know, uh, e-commerce or stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. In regards to the uh, being north of the border, we're, we're trying to build a wall to keep the keep you guys out,
1: build out of ice. Just give us till about February. We'll be all done. Yeah, well, see – that's not true. I know that you're not building a wall to keep everybody out. You're building a wall to keep me out. Just just call it what it is. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I, I know I'm a, I'm a special breed of pain in the ass, and I'm okay. We just got to make sure to withstand the RV. Yes, yes. With the, with the ram bars I'm going to install on it. That, that's what I'm getting for Christmas is a ramming mechanism for the RV. Nice. Yeah. I really
3: envision this Mad Max looking thing when you tell me about your RV. Like that's what I
1: envision. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I actually, I used to have a shovel that I had strapped up on the top of it and it was kind of hanging off the side and I thought it looked cool. My wife made me get rid of the shovel. It was, it was way too mad max for her. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's awesome. okay. Now I, just, I I keep the shovel in the passenger seat next to me. So, you yeah, know, it's, it's convenient for burying bodies and disposing of evidence. So. You are cutting that out, right? No. <laughs> no, none of this gets cut out, Mike. This is all being used, buddy. So be awesome. really careful about what you say. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. So. <clears throat> cool. Um I I know you mentioned SEO and 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 marketing and stuff and you you mentioned specializing or or really focusing more on local SEO. Um, what what do you see as the difference between local seo and national or or worldwide seo do you do you think that there's still for smaller businesses do you think that there's a way to actually approach and dominate national or big time seo or is it is it better do you think uh, to to focus locally and i know especially service providers locally is is a lot better because you know you're not going to call a plumber in california to come up to to british columbia to Deal with a clogged toilet, um, but but do you see there? Do you see that there's any opportunity left to dominate national SEO?
3: Uh, there definitely can be. Um, it's not where I would start. Uh, starting starting local is better uh, because you you have longer tail key phrases that you're working with, uh, more niche areas or niche, however you want to say it, um, <clears throat> that you can focus in on. That being said, I have worked with some mechanics, auto repair shops, where the owner of the shop is actually making a now making a global uh, presence with himself, but it's kind of turning him into a bit of a celebrity in his local area, mm. and in turn, he's getting tons of impact from it. And so, and it's just basically he's just uh, vlogging stuff about vehicles that come in and, and giving tips and educating people what can happen, but he's doing it on a global stage, which is which is definitely helping that local area for him. But uh, definitely usually starting out, I would say stick with the, the local area, trying to find the, the niche phrases in your, your local area yeah. that uh, you can gain some traffic from. Um, the other thing with that is is some people get hung up on uh, um, uh, vanity metrics as far as saying, oh, that phrase gets, you know, 352 searches a month, this one only gets 10. Um, but that one that gets 10, if we look at it and do the right research, it could bring in a much higher qualified customer that's ready to buy right. versus the 300 and something that are just browsers and or nonsense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, back in the day when you had hit counters, you know, oh, great. You, you've got 10,000 people that have visited your website and you've made one sale. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, it's crazy. One thing, and, and um, you know, I know that, that you and I run in a, in a circle of marketers and, and online service providers and coaches and that sort of stuff. Do you think that people um, in those niches have a tendency to ignore local SEO because they're, they're international? Do you, do you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, I, absolutely. I see that a lot. Um, they figure they fear that they I think they don't um, serve a local area they serve across the internet but again um, starting local you can gain more traffic you can rank easier usually than than globally they can help bring you to that path Uh, you know so again whenever I'm looking at someone even serving local I've got to assess where are you now to where you want to go and what are the steps we need to, to get you there what what Key phrases that are easy to rank for, we want to jump on right away, get you rank for that is building you up to the next piece to the next piece. If you're just saying, hey, this is where I want to be, and you're just shooting for that all the time, it's, it's going to be a long path to get there with organic SEO. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's, there's something interesting and in, um, there's a social media influencer who shall remain nameless, but he one of his big things is, is stair-stepping uh, hashtags on Instagram. So, you know, you have 10, you know, not real popular, then you have 10 that are medium popular, and then five that are pretty popular, and then five that are crazy popular, you know, and so you, it, but it makes it easier to approach the crazy popular ones when you dominate the lower, the lower tiers. Um, And I think search is a lot like that. You know, if, if you start small, and if you do start locally, then you start, you can start dominating that that means that people are going to be more likely to link back to you um and it just it it creates this kind of stair step up the ladder you know you start with the small not maybe not the you know if you're selling design you don't start with graphic design you start with you know graphic design for small businesses in british columbia you know so you, you start with these smaller phrases but it makes it then easier to step up and hit those those big marks um I think a lot of people kind of miss out on that. It's a, it's yeah.
3: yeah, absolutely. And, and I can give you a bit of an example of a client that I've been working with that we took that approach with. And and now it's it's they're ranking all the great stuff globally. <clears throat> but we started off with the fact that they had about uh, 50 dealers that sold their product. And they also sold the product online themselves. And so, again, as opposed to um, saying, what's this – item that you sell and try an SEO for it, I said, let's go for all the local stuff where your dealers are. They're gonna get a hit out of this as we start showing up in their local phrases. And since we kind of built that as the foundation and moved our way up, now the short tag high volume tickets were all over the first page and they're getting great benefits, but we had to take that ground approach to to get them there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I honestly I think just algorithm Technically, Google doesn't like it when somebody just goes whole hog after one giant keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, they they prefer to see you know a site that is built more organically instead of trying to game it to to hit these big keywords.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, one way I like to describe it to someone who doesn't quite know much about SEO is basically saying let's let's talk. Let's just say that um, uh, you're a farmer and you want to talk about trees and and you know if you just keep on using trees as your term uh, they don't like it as much but if you can have this branch of pages that talk about apple trees and orange trees and pear trees and right you're mixing up you still have a a main phrase or a main thing that you do but you you branch it off into all these longer tail things and uh, it's going to it's going to definitely help with your ranks for sure
1: yeah Okay. Man, I love Google. just love Google. <laughs> I can't get enough Google. I love you, Google.
3: Yeah, yeah. As soon as they, uh, as soon as they change things, it, it can uh, sometimes be stressful. Um, yep. But, uh, again, as long as you know, you're working with someone or you're yourself or learning enough how they want you to play the game, usually you don't have too much to, fa- to fear. Things might go down a little bit. I always find they go back up. Things sort themselves out. When you're trying to cheat the system and you're you're listening to these black hat guys and you know you'll get slammed and then, and then there's no coming back up or it's a very long time if you do.
1: Yeah, it's it's you know mm-hmm. I've seen people and and had clients that it was just easier to start over um, than it was to recover because yeah. they you know they went on Fiverr and bought the latest you know five dollar SEO gold pack five thousand um, backlinks. Yeah, exactly. For the same day. Yeah, exactly. It's all, and all pointing to one thing, all saying the same thing and all from a Chinese porno website. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, Mr. Cooper, if you are ready, I'd like to run you through the gauntlet of five questions.
3: Sure. Awesome.
1: All right. These are, these are tough. These are built specifically for you and, uh, and I hope you enjoy this. Uh, but at the same time, I hope you hate it. So, (laughs) all right. Number one, you two. YouTube. What about YouTube? What about YouTube?
3: Uh, you know, it's a fantastic resource. I think is being underutilized, uh, especially if you're a local business. Um, usually, what I you know, I'll go in and I'll start peeking around if someone's interested in SEO. Start looking for those key terms. If you don't see YouTube videos showing up in in the Google searches, it's not being used enough. Um, so definitely, not only is it Great, because it can rank well, and again, the reason is Google owns YouTube. They want to rank well, they want to be used. So often, sometimes, I can get a YouTube video ranked faster than a website, if it's a new website, right? You can get some market share off of that. Uh, number two, uh, great for building your know, like, and trust. Mm. Right, nothing beats video, you know, hearing a voice, seeing a face, body language, over anything else, and again, don't be afraid to just do what we're doing here. Interview style or just get on, say stuff, do things, express what you're doing. Huge impact for your business and it's free.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, Google loves it. I mean, it's it's a yeah. big gig, so do it. I mean and and I think, you know, people joke around about Fiverr. Um, there, there are some great video editors on Fiverr that if you're not comfortable doing those sorts of things, you know, doing intro roll-ins and that sort of stuff, that's a good, that's a good place to go. Um, and man, you gotta be on YouTube. You gotta be on YouTube. And, And I'm like you, I've seen, I've seen real bad businesses, uh, or, or poorly, poorly, uh, ranked businesses on Google really get a lot of benefit from a single, simple YouTube video.
3: Absolutely. Uh, another thing that you can do is if you're not uh, so much comfortable yourself quite as much, a starting way to do this is you can take a blog post. If you have blog posts, again, you can hire someone on Fiverr. There's a program, I forget what it's called. it's Engage Something. I'll have to look that up for you. Um, you actually just give the link to your blog post and it creates a video with sliding images and words and you can tweak it. Uh, and so you can just make some videos like that at the beginning if you're afraid to get on the camera.
1: Yeah, and I've seen those
3: do quite well as well.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Even if it's really not necessarily meant for human consumption, um, a YouTube video is powerful juju in a lot of ways. Absolutely. All right. Number two, what's your favorite dad joke currently? My favorite dad joke. Um, what'd the one snowman
3: say to the other? I you smell know. carrots oh gosh that's a moaner hey that's that's a good why, one why are all snowmen men no. all balls and no brains <laughs> 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 yeah, cool. uh, I out of that
1: one. yeah that was pretty good that was pretty good all right <laughs> I, I love i love busting your balls over the dad jokes but they they make me laugh every time i, I do appreciate your dad jokes Awesome. (laughs) All right. Question number three, what percentage of businesses come to you that actually already have good SEO in place? That have good SEO
3: in place. Mm -hmm. Well, very, very few. I'm trying to think of one, you know, um, they think they're doing okay. Uh, but sometimes they haven't done enough research on the phrases they're targeting for. So sometimes they'll, they'll come to me and, They've used the Yoast SEO plugin and they got green lights on all their pages. So they're, they're doing awesome on SEO. Um, And I go through it and I just say, yeah, but these aren't good phrases. Like you just put in what you think it should be and follow the instructions. uh, But you forgot to do the research at the beginning. So yeah, very few have really awesome SEO already in place.
1: Yeah. And and it's amazing. I'm the same in the same boat. Um, you know, I don't. I don't focus so much on SEO, but the majority of clients that come in, even the ones who have spent a ridiculous amount of money, in a lot of cases, on SEO, have horrible SEO. Um, and and you know, a lot of places just just flat out ignore it. You know, it's 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 a mind it's a mind effort.
3: Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. The the one thing that I always try and emphasize with people is if you do do the, the work up front, do it properly. The great thing about SEO is there's no turning it off. Right. Right. Once you've established that you're ranking well, you've got a great reputation, you know, <clears throat> you should always be doing SEO, but if for some reason you happen to stop, it's usually a slow trickle effect going down just as it was getting up. Right. As we're paid ads, you stop paying, you're done. Yeah. Your traffic stops
1: yeah it's it that you know evergreen that's a that's a big term in our in our circles you know is evergreen content and that sort of stuff i mean s e o done right is an evergreen investment it's um you know it just keeps going and going and going uh yeah. you know even even for my website i rank very very well uh for big terms in my hometown um and i i rarely touch my website anymore Um, you know, and I'm a designer and developer and, you know, all the stuff where you would expect a lot of the companies to throw lots of money at SEO. Um, but you know, because it was done right and it was done consistently and, you know, and done without trickery, it still ranks well. Um, and that it's that way for everybody. Yeah. As as long as you do it right. And, And something that you said earlier, you know, is certainly it's key. Don't, Play games. Don't try to trick it. Don't. It's you're going to get busted, and it's not going to be good.
3: Yeah, and and so yeah, when you're listening to advice or listening to people, um, you know, try and try and listen for those things where people say, "Like, I got on Google within the first week, right?" Uh, and and they're doing something, and then they'll say themselves, "We've hacked the system, right?" Right. It's like like no, just think about good organic evergreen content, uh, and putting some good research as to what Google wants. And, um, you know, you, you'll find that as you talk to people, you got to feel for the, the, their personalities and you'll be able to know what kind of work they're doing. Yeah.
1: Okay. You ready for number four? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, have you noticed any difference in marketing and marketers between Canada and the United States? um
3: the canadian ones say sorry about that eh a
1: lot <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good that's pretty good
3: yeah
1: and, and, um, and they drink bad coffee bad the canadians drink bad coffee what no, tim tim hortons is good i like a cup of Timmys. oh see now i've I ditched them Uh oh they, they went for cheaper
3: and you know what actually mcdonald's basically bought out the old tim hortons recipe McDonald's coffee is actually pretty decent now.
1: Everything about McDonald's is great. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you, you act like that's a surprise that McDonald's has great coffee. They have great everything. And did did you know that they serve breakfast 24 hours a day now?
3: Really? Do you have coupons for that?
1: It's not yet. They no. still haven't sent me any. Oh, okay. You keep trying. Yeah, it's, I'm going to get it <laughs> one of these days.
3: So, um, so yeah. And, uh, and our beer is much stronger than yours.
1: So, I will agree. I will agree. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm a. Are you a beer drinker?
3: Yes, I, I like dark, rich beer.
1: Cool, like uh, like porters and that sort of stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's there's actually a, a local brewery here that, that makes a dark beer uh, called the Backhand of God.
1: Ooh, I, I would try that. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty used to the Backhand of God. That's why my face is shaped the way it is constant constant beat down it took a few times did it yes it did, it did.
0: <laughs> today
1: so. all right number five and this is the this is always the hardest one uh what you you, you can pick three desert island discs what would they be sorry three desert island discs discs like what uh if you could only take three records with you you're going you're you're going to a desert island you could take three records with you which what would they be
3: wow three records okay well one of them is going to be uh alice cooper welcome to my nightmare Mm. just uh phenomenal storytelling yeah um so that one's a really deep one um I'm gonna say Metallica, Justice for All, because sometimes you got to get that anger out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one.
3: Third album, third album. That, that's that's a tough one. Need something, need something newer in there.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm thankful that you haven't said Rush yet.
3: No Rush, no U2. Um.
1: Yeah, if you if you mention you two one more time, we're cutting this off immediately. Oh, okay, you three. Okay, I'm that's bad. Teasing me now.
3: Yeah. Uh, gosh, you're gonna you have to edit this one out for me here while I think of another one. Um, one of the newest albums. I don't remember the name offhand. offhand, but it's just a good it's a good jam. Good keep you keep you going gay pumped a little bit but okay. i
1: honestly i don't remember the name of the album i'm minutes behind hold on for one second get somebody off popping in on me here i have to edit part of this out but uh yeah yeah no worries cool well mike you've done great with the questions um you survived there was uh, hopefully it wasn't as painful as you you thought it was going to be but um Tell the good people, drop some value bombs, tell us a joke, give us some links, just uh, the floor is yours, do with us as you will.
3: Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, I think I've told enough jokes, hopefully you guys had a couple laughs out of this. Um, so I'm going to go with, with some value here. Cool. And, um, I like value. This is one thing I see, a problem I see with local service providers and other people. Reply to your damn reviews. Mm. Okay. James, that's a nice sweater you're wearing, man. Right? What's your What's your natural instinct response? Thank you. Right. So when someone goes out of the way to leave a review on Google, Facebook, whatever, for you, like, why don't you thank them? Like, I act. I, I get a little irked if I review someone and they don't reply back to me. It's like I went out of my way to say something good about you. Say thank you. Not only that. Uh, it helps with your SEO, and I can't say officially, but I remember reading an article in the last two months that Google is starting to put a weight on your Google My Business listing as to how it shows up based on the fact that if you reply to reviews and how long till you reply to them. So I'm, I'm from what I understand, I don't have anything official, but I've heard that that's something that's going on. I have to dig that out. But I mean, just at the end, it, it not only thanks the person, which is great, but all the people who are reading, thinking of using your business, they get the, a feel of your character in you replying to these and saying thank you for them. So, I mean, I just don't know why people don't do that. So if that's you and you're listening, like start replying to your reviews.
1: Well, it, it's it, people made an investment in you. You know, they, they invested their money uh, for your service or product. Then they invested their time to come in and write you a review. I think you owe people the respect of at least validating the the investment of time that they made in you, in your business. Um, Yeah, absolutely. It's just, you know, don't be a douchebag.
3: Don't be a (laughs) douchebag. Yeah, and again, all those potential customers are going to read that, and they will see how much you appreciate your customers. Yep. And it's going to drive more people into you, so... That's um, I, kind of important. Find reviews.
1: Yes, absolutely. Cool. Well, Mike, where can people find you at?
3: Yeah, so my website is blackmountainmedia.ca. Um, <clears throat> on there, you can find contact details for me and stuff. Um, Facebook, I'm uh, facebook.com forward slash blackmountainmike uh, is the URL. You can find me on there. Connect with me on there. Um, you know, I'm not a big uh, sales pusher. So don't be afraid to connect with me, become friends and let's, let's have some good times together.
1: That's what it's yeah. all about. Yeah. And I will, I will say this and I'm not trying to kiss your butt. You've got the best beard on Facebook.
3: Oh God, for a while there I was second. You, you, had elevated someone above me. Um,
1: I, was it Nabil? Black beard. Yeah, Nabil, he's got, his beard is just unreal, but, but yours is nice. You got the ombre thing going on. You know, mine's just all kind of splotchy and patchy, but yours is nice. It's just, it's, it's well sculpted, well manicured. And, uh, and uh, if, if people out there are interested in SEO or websites um, or marketing help, go check out Mike. But if you're interested in beards, you owe it to yourself to go check out Mike because it's, (laughs) He's got, and his wall is so full of the best worst dad jokes you've ever seen in your life. It's great. It's a good time. Awesome. It's a good time. Well, again, Mike, thank you so much. This has been great. Um, I would love to have you back on at any point and, um, you know, just keep on keeping on and everybody go check out Mike and buy his shit (laughs) And, and, and then buy mine. And then, buy, and then buy his. Yeah, yes, yeah. Absolutely. No,
3: don't go away from James. Stay away from James. He'll meet yeah, all he in to, and and sure. yeah,
1: just so. watch out. Just Hydra wallet. When I'm around Hydra Wallet, that's all I'm saying.
3: <laughs> yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Mike, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. And uh we'll talk to you on the next one.
3: Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate
1: this. Cool. We're done, man. Thank you.
3: No worries, man. Thank that's you. Every cool. day, book doing these. What's that? You got a busy day doing doing these one after the other?
1: Yeah, I, I actually I need to st- I need to start staggering them so I've got fifteen twenty minutes in between. But I've got somebody waiting on the other line right now, so I need awesome, to I need to bounce. But thank you again, and I'll uh, I'll write a more formal thank you later. Sure, yeah. Let me know when it's all ready to go online. Yeah, we'll do it, man. Thank you so Thanks, much, bye. Mike. All right, bye. See you, buddy. Bye. Mister How. Sorry about that. Oh, I've got you muted. There, there we go. There we go. What's happening? Uh oh, not much. You know, just trying to living the dream. Up. Yeah, something like that. I've, I've got, <laughs> That's the yeah, I've got got a bunch of people lined up today. Luckily, there's nobody after you. So if we if we run a little bit over, it's it's not a nosebleed. So
4: awesome, awesome.
1: <clears> cool. so you're you will be my first Australian guest. Yeah, I feel privileged. You should. You should have spent a bunch of, the, <laughs> been a bunch of yanks and a few limeys, but no... Um, Fucking Americans. Yeah, dude. We're the worst. We're absolutely <laughs> the worst. So, no, nice. Nice.
4: Cool.
1: cool. We're well, right on. Um, I, I, I sent you the, uh, the direct message earlier. I don't know if you read yeah. any of that, but um, yeah. really the main thing here is it's just kind of loosey-goosey and... You know, we'll just have fun and shoot the shit. Let's,
4: sounds right up my alley.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. If, if I try to get too serious, it just comes across as ridiculous. <laughs> so. Yeah, it sounds good to me. Cool. Well, if you're All ready, right. we'll, uh, we'll start in on the show proper and get this thing right. Yeah, let's kick it. All right. Do you go by Al or Alan?
4: Um, whichever, whatever you feel. Okay. But either way is, either way is good.
1: Okay, and is it Howl or... or Howl, yep,
4: Howl, yep. Okay,
1: and what, what business name do you want me to intro you uh,
4: The Social Fire.
1: The Social Fire.
4: Yeah.
1: All right, here we go. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this debacle of the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow. Today, we are joined from down under yeah, with, by Alan Howl of the Social Fire. He is, uh, I was telling him earlier, he is, he is officially my first Aussie guest and um, just a, a privilege to have you. And uh, Alan, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do.
4: So thank you for having me, James. Um, I'm, I basically run uh, social media strategies and work with uh, coaches and consultants to implement social media strategies that help attract their, their ideal client on a, on a regular basis. Um, some of the strategies that I, that I help implement are very, very basic. Um, it's generally for people who are working solo and things like that. Um, strategies across both li- oh, LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook and um, really just more to do with branding as well as um, some sales strategies, you know, in Messenger and, and things like that. Really easy, basic things that anyone can implement. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell.
1: Cool, cool. So, uh, of those platforms, which do you which do you prefer the most? I mean, Personally, I love
4: LinkedIn. Yeah, look, I, I have a massive presence on Facebook. Um, Facebook's algorithm is amazing um, because of not only the amount of users. So, in Australia alone, we have 15 million users on Facebook in comparison to four million on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Now, me working with business to business people, um, LinkedIn is definitely my platform. Um, But it's obviously Facebook's more, you know, built up more of a community. There's more opportunities. um, Their algorithms switched in. I have a Facebook group in which I do consistent content. But if LinkedIn up their game, I would definitely be spending just as much time there as I am on Facebook. So, but um, what just, just on that, what I also find on LinkedIn is because with Facebook, you know, um, a lot of people have their personal stuff, like whether it's their kids. You know, they might be protecting their dog, or whatever, right? And um, so some people get really funny when you do try and add them as a as a friend and things like that. Um, whereas LinkedIn, there's it's just networking opportunities. Everyone knows it's you're there for business. Um, so a they're more open to talking and networking and things like that, um, and just ends up being a lot more opportunities. So yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. I haven't really, I've got a LinkedIn profile. I've actually been on LinkedIn for a ridiculous amount of time. Um, yeah. Lots of, lots of connections and all that stuff, but I, I have yet to really strategize or, or move over there. Um, it's all in the DM. It's all in the DM. That's, that's where
4: that's, the action happens.
1: That's what I'm gathering. That's really what I'm gathering. And um, you know, you, you mentioned that when LinkedIn kind of ups their game and gets a little bit more like facebook um that you'll do a lot more there but i it's really i'm shocked at how how facebooky linkedin has become um and and fairly recently you know that's it's it's certainly much more of a community feel than it was say five or ten years ago um yeah so it's a very very different beast and yeah that's my next frontier um yeah i've decided that instagram ain't for me i'm i'm gonna start start really hammering on LinkedIn yeah. uh, in 2019. It really
4: depends. Yeah, absolutely. And it really depends on where your audience is, who you're mm-hmm. looking to target and all those other things as well. Um, LinkedIn, like it's, it's such a good place to be able to, like, for example, if you want to target a certain title, you know, just go to the search function and, and there's a list of all your ideal clients within your area, um, it, like the search function and tools and things like that is brilliant in itself, let alone like the the communication that you can have and, and some of the opportunities just by asking a question here and there um, is ridiculous. And like you said, I think LinkedIn are upping their game. Um, it, it, um, because it is a business platform, people have been extremely spammy and things like that with like, sign up to my program without like introducing themselves or telling their story and things like that but um like you said i think um linkedin are doing a lot of work in the background and um it's good for me anyway seeing those changes and things like that so yeah
1: yeah it's linkedin is it's really come far it really has yeah. do, you, do you feel that it's more difficult to develop uh, authentic relationships on linkedin uh, versus facebook
4: Well, I'll give you an insight into my strategy. So I use LinkedIn because of the way that the Facebook algorithm works. I use LinkedIn as a platform to communicate to people and try and get them over to my Facebook group Um, because I've got a strategy in my Facebook group. On average, people log on, log on to Facebook anywhere from 10 times more, if potentially depending on the person and their, their, their like. Their activity and things like that they're more likely to log on to Facebook than they are LinkedIn Um, and so and that's my ideal customer anyway so for that reason it's silly for me not to have a Facebook strategy but make the connection on LinkedIn first
1: cool cool yeah so i mean is is the is your group and i mean if if you don't feel comfortable answering this is is the the group your is your money maker is that your
4: yeah absolutely absolutely and yeah full transparency that's where um a lot of my business comes from that's where my tribe is um and what i've really tried to do for my group is i really try and give them almost like a ask first the world mentality like bring in like experts and interviews and and all those sort of things to make sure that they have the tools, everything that they need to go out and absolutely, you know, annihilate their, their business world and, um, you know, dominate their competition and, and things like that. And it's, and it's so funny, um, a lot of the people that I work with um, uh, of, of that older generation, so um, anywhere from 40 um, all the way up through to 55 and things like that, people who probably went through school and their first computer was a calculator right um Uh, and really you're talking
1: about me aren't you
4: (laughs) yes i am (laughs) yes i am but you're obviously like with i've i've been connected with you for some time and and you're doing great by the way um you you don't need me to tell you that but um i I, like i i I really respect what you do and and things like that um but the thing is that your generation, that generation has so much knowledge and like so much to offer to people who are younger and things like that. And it's, a, it's about learning how to take a conversation that you're having every day in your business and just communicating it through social media. And, um, and the possibilities are endless um, with the people they can connect with, the knowledge that they can share and potentially the money they could make as a result of how valuable
1: that knowledge is that experience and, and things like that so yeah yeah it's um i've known for a long time in my business that, that one of the most expensive parts of what i do is is education is client education <clears throat> um, and client filtering um, yeah. through that education and you know it's it's amazing to have a tool such as social media um, yeah. to, to be able to present that information so that you can have that conversation, you know, automatically a million times versus having to sit down face to face across the table with somebody. At, um, at scale, yeah, yeah, it's it's great, yeah. it's good stuff.
4: Yeah, good stuff. and exactly right. And people, here's the thing: is that um, with Facebook groups, whatever like the information or content that you're posting. Um, it's all well and good but people will pay for step-by-step instructions just to follow on what you said you know like if you can if like it's all well and good for me to to tell you to go and have a presence in LinkedIn but if I tell you the step by step by step ways on how to create client opportunities every day that's that's a different story and that's what people pay for and and things like that so yeah Yeah.
0: cool
1: cool well enough of the idle chit chat man (laughs) If you're ready, I've got five questions for you, and I would love to I would love to run you through this gauntlet and um, sure. and see what comes out the other side. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. This is kind of a long question, but but bear with me. Okay. Uh, have you noticed uh, a market difference between marketing in your country versus marketing in the United States?
4: Oh, um, I. Here's the thing. I. I, um, I've all the people that I've sold to, I'd, I'd say there's only like a very small percentage of people who have actually worked with or sold something to outside of Australia. So that's the transparency behind this question. Um, but what I find is that, um, and <laughs> I may get shot down for this as well. So, uh, but what I was about to say is I find that like obviously because of the population in America in comparison to Australia, that it's easier to find people who are hyped up on like, I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to go and, you know, do the entrepreneurial spirit and, and things like that. Um, sometimes it can be really, I don't want to say take advantage of those people, but like some people just want that that next thing and they think whatever you're offering is that. Um, I try to tend to stay away from it, but the people who are like, you know, really committed to, you know what, I want what you have to offer. I'll give it to you, you know. But sometimes it's 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 a matter of, you know, I don't know that this fits the bill. You're talking about, you know, doing all this other stuff, but this is more like for someone who has a business set up, um, just needs those opportunities and insights into some being some resor- like some resourceful ways of of getting exposure clients and things like that through social media. So, um, so for me, um, my personal, personal take on it is that, um, I guess it's just in due to the volume in the volume, there's more opportunity in other countries in comparison to Australia.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there a large, um, percentage of or a large contingent of millennial entrepreneurs in Australia yeah
4: I would say yes um, and the the same trends that happen in the u s except for the president <laughs> um, yeah we're we sorry have,
1: I'm, I'm still sorry about that one I, <laughs> I apologize for all Americans
4: <laughs> but um look the thing is that um, the same trends and the same sort of cultural things um, are being adapted here. Like even this year, so Black Friday is definitely derivative from the US. Um, There's people who are adapting it here. Halloween um, was something that we didn't adapt. Um, But this year, this year alone, half of my neighbourhood all dressed up, did the door knocking and stuff like that. Even I participated in that. So it's, it's really funny. Um, So to answer your question, um, I'd say yes. I'd say that, as social media grows, as technology evolves, that the world is becoming more connected and the U S is definitely like, um, is positioned in a way that Australians and, and things like that can relate to what's going on there. Um, so the likes of Gary Vee and, and all those other people, um, are definitely having an influence in millennials and, and all those sort of, um, age groups in regards to wanting to go out and work for yourself and and being an entrepreneur and, and all those other things part of me
1: cool. so yeah cool yeah i haven't I have yet to be to australia i'm gonna have to come over one of these days i have to come
4: over in summer
1: spend some time at the
4: beach it's the best yeah I,
1: I, yeah but you guys have lots of snakes and very large <laughs>
4: You go, yeah. If you go bushwalking um, and things like hiking, um, yeah, you you most likely, especially in the summer, you're most likely to find that. Um, but actually during winter, it's really, really good um, going camping and for driving and stuff like that. It's really good. Yeah. So.
1: Cool. Do you guys get snow? I mean, I, this is my, my ignorance, to be perfectly honest. No, no, but, that's okay. Of how it goes in Australia. I'm, I'm yep. really, otherwise, you know, other than the, the kangaroos and, and that sort of stuff, I know very little of the, of the environment there.
4: Yeah, so look, we do. Um, there's only one part of, like, Australia is, is quite, it's not as large as the U.S., um, but it is quite big and there's only probably one major section um, that's sort of inland from inland Australia. Um, so there is a section where we do get snow, um, nowhere near um, what the US would get or Canada and things like that. I actually went over, had a trip to Canada last year in February and um, like would, I was there for 10 days and it dumped hundred centimeters or whatever that is in inches in like two days. So I was like, God, this is amazing. And so, yeah, um, we do get snow. Um, it's just very, <clears throat> as you could imagine, it's just, it's, it's here, here, nor there. Um, sometimes we'll have a good snow season. Sometimes we won't, but it's very subject subject to that particular section. So yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, me and my family are real big into hiking. So Okay. Right. Yeah, we're, awesome. we, we scout places that don't wind up with snow a lot because yep. I, uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I've seen enough of it in my lifetime and <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd be okay not seeing any more. So.
4: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Cool. Uh, question number two. I guess that was just the first one, right? Uh, question number two. What do you believe about marketing today that you did not believe about marketing one year ago? <clears throat> um
4: that it's okay to truly be yourself um, online. And it's, it's, how can I best explain this? Is that in the way that um, I used to cringe at people who jump online and do Facebook lives and, and things like that. Um, and over the course of a period of time, I realized myself, and this is probably why I love helping older people help to understand it is that I went through a process myself where I was, um, I used, all right, so take a step back. I used to Bible bash people during my high school days. Um, I grew up in a Christian family and um, and basically I, I didn't know what I was talking about, told people they were going to hell just because I believed it and I thought, you know, you're, you're bad, you're going to hell Um, Later, to contradict myself completely and things like that. And as a result of contradicting myself and things like that, I feared jumping online, telling my story, and all those other things because I felt like someone was going to shoot me down on a Facebook Live or, you know, something, someone was going to bring something up of my past. And what I realized is that people relate to the authenticity of your message rather than the the sunshine and rainbows that you 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 know that you that you're trying to perceive people want to hear not people don't want to hear all of your dirty shit but they they want to know what's what's really going on and um and if you can explain that in a way that helps to tie in with your end message um and things like that then people not only relate but they respect you for being truthful and they respect you for being real. Um, so something that I learned over that period of time um, within the last year is not only just to back myself, but really get clear on my message as well and um, and what what the good of, of my message can bring. So yeah.
1: Cool. Cool. Yeah. Love it. I love it. All right. Question number three, uh, which is better, lots of traffic or conversions?
4: Oh I'd have to say a mixture of both, um, because lots of uh, if I can, because i'd say that lots of traffic um, is essentially just crunching down the numbers and and playing the numbers game right, but conversions is obviously the quality of of the client and and things like that um, so look i think <clears throat> I think it all depends on what your end goal is um, for me. I'd say um, right now, it's, it's gotta be the conversions for me. I've got, now that I've set up, um, now that I've, I'm set up and I've got my Facebook group running, I've, doing, I've got a big presence on social media and things like that. I've got everything that I need where people are coming to me sort of thing. Um, and I can take the time to qualify people even further to ensure they're the right fit for what I have and and things like that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a double edged sword. You know, it's really conversion is certainly important, but at the same time you can get away with a lot less, you know, a lot smaller conversion rates with much more traffic And sometimes traffic is just a lot easier than conversions.
4: Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And see, here's the thing is, uh, I think there may come a time. Um, I'm not like, I wouldn't, here's the thing. I wouldn't say that, like, I think lots of traffic is to me when, when you can really scale, um, and when you can really build a business. But I think what sometimes happens during that scaling period is you often start to automate processes and things like that. And you, you lose the human element. Um, and, Right now, I'm like I'll never say never, but right now I'm, I'm not a big fan of it because I really enjoy being – I'm a people person through and through. I enjoy, I enjoy the sales process. I enjoy connecting with people and, and sharing, you know, like here's your problem, here's what we can do about it, you know, and really going through, going through that journey. I really enjoy it. So um, I don't know for me again it's it's all about the quality of the conversation and the conversion but um but yeah as you grow as you scale and things like that that's that obviously
1: changes over time yeah and that's that's a that's a hard that's a hard point to differentiate i yeah. think i think it's difficult for people to to really develop a strategy so that they know when it's time to kind of cut off that that high touch high conversion stuff and and then convert it more to just a traffic based yeah, system but you know you mentioned it. you've got to have you got to have your internal processes set up you've got to have your automation set up otherwise a lot of traffic can eat you alive exactly um, and it's exactly it's right yeah but it's it's difficult it's a difficult uh it's a difficult thing to balance and it's a difficult thing sometimes to know when it's time to make that that transition
4: yeah <laughs> yeah exactly right Yeah.
1: And and I'll I'll admit I don't always get it right. (laughs) At at least for my stuff, you know, it's like sometimes I feel like, oh God, you know, growing too fast or oh God, I I need to grow faster. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And and really just
4: working out when the right time to pull the pin is or when the right time to implement something and stuff like that. Like I'm going through a process now where um I'm speaking to someone about um looking after my content for me and even that process like I enjoyed but I don't have the time um as much as I would like to anymore um and just little things like that um you know where someone else is looking after your stuff and, and things like that it's it's all part of growing isn't it um but yeah
1: that's difficult and that's something that that I'm investigating as well as is okay. not necessarily the automation in but uh, bringing someone in to help manage, you know, my profiles and some of the yeah. stuff that I do. Um, yeah. my biggest issue is that I'm, I'm such a brand freak that yeah. I feel like if it's not my voice, there's going to be problems. Yeah, uh, and, and I, at some point have got to let go of that. Um, yeah. and, and honestly, it's, it's been that way in my business for 15 years. Um, it's been the, You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a control freak and a micromanager, especially when it comes to anything with my name on it.
4: Yeah. And you know what, can I suggest, um, if you haven't already thought about this is the way that with the content stuff that I was talking about, I've, I've put in place. So I still prospecting the person at the time at this point in time. And, um, and then going to go through a trial period as well. But what we're going to do is I've got a stack of like images and quotes and bits and pieces. I'm giving them like my voice, if you will. um, And some of the things that I'd like to see with like obviously the way that I see it and, and given them like what I've previously been doing, um, they're going to like offering to check in with me, right? Like say, this is what we want to post and then offer, you know, changes and bits and pieces. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm really, Whilst I'm, I'm exactly the same, I was very reluctant to do it knowing that um, I don't want to be unauthentic through my message and things like that. So as long as you put the right things in place, um, yeah, you can get to that point where you can scale and things yeah. like that. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's, you know, that's brand and branding in a yeah. lot of ways. It, it's really if you, if you very strongly define and codify your brand, it makes it a lot easier to, to hand off to somebody else. Um, yeah. And, you know, for as much as I do that for clients, I have not done that for myself. Um, yeah. I know what my brand is. I know what the feel is. I know, I know all of that stuff, but I have yet to, to codify it into a piece that I can hand to somebody else and say, you know, um, take care of this for the next couple of months. Um, 100%. And one of these days. I'm getting there. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, I'm <laughs> retiring by the time I'm 50, so. Um, yeah, Nice. It's it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's gonna yeah, happen. nice, nice. All right. Question number four: What does punk mean to you?
4: I think of, I don't know. I think of Green Day. I um, and because I'm a I'm like I'm a massive Green Day fan. And um, yeah. So I don't know. It, it do Green Day like? Can I ask you? Do you define Green Day as a punk band? not really no all right
1: not really see i i for me punk was you know early to mid 80s to maybe 90 yeah i'm not really sure where green day ever fit in there but um when they burst onto the scene i actually thought dookie was a great record um yeah i i I won't take anything away from that um you know and i and i don't have you know i don't have anything bad to say about green day yeah um but to me, they were essentially arena rock. Okay, no, um, fair
4: and, enough.
1: And and that's you know there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. And like I said, no, they no, of course, right of, of the song. Um, yeah, but their, I think a yeah. little of the snarl I think was lost. Um, yeah, and a little is a little too polished and a little too um, a little too refined.
4: Yeah, not fair enough. What I think um, when because I, I I sort of went through my punk days um, where, and you may go, they're not punk bands, but like blink Eight I was going to the Blink-182 concerts and, and Green Day um, and those sorts of people and bands and, and things like that. And so I, I did have a, a time where i dress up all in black um, and it's, oh God, it's <laughs> thinking back to that time now. Anyway, long story short, um, when I think of punk, I think of... Um, yeah, those, I, I think of that sort of music and um, and I think back to the time where I used to have big black
1: jeans and black
4: shoes and black shirts. So nothing's changed with the black shirt, but yeah,
1: yeah,
4: around that time.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm still stuck in what, 1987. I still dress the same as <laughs> so I did in 1987. That's really- when I was born. <laughs> oh, well, well, there you go. You I, you know, I honestly, there's, there, there's always a, an argument about what is and what isn't punk. And I, yeah. I don't it fucking matters yeah. um, as far exactly. as the music goes, because, you know, I, I was, I was punk as, as punk as I could be in, in North Carolina. Yep. Um, but I liked Bob Dylan and Tracy Chapman and, and all these, these bands that were not in any way, shape or form punk, but yep. because, you know, I liked them, they were sort of punk. Um, you know, the stuff that the stuff that the punks hated, I still liked. And some of the stuff that the the punks liked, I hated. So I just, I don't, I think that the the pointing at one band and saying that's punk and pointing at another one and saying they're not is yeah. Pointless. Pointless. Yeah, for
4: sure.
1: For sure. Cool. All right. And the last question, and this is always the hardest one. Um, I've been cursed out over question number five before. So, all right, uh, let's go be prepared for this. Uh, In Australia, is there really a dingoes eating babies problem?
4: (laughs) (laughs) So what you're referring to is a, is a conspiracy that the dingo ate my baby. Um, (laughs) And so, so, um, this, uh, I don't know. Um, Look,
1: I mean the, the way the way we Americans look at it, it, you know, it's you turn on the news over in Australia and there's just babies getting getting eaten. <laughs> you what know. well, if if you and the and the Australian Visitors Bureau could could work on this problem and and up your image as far as the babies getting eaten thing, I think you'd see a lot more revenue from do, uh travel. <laughs>
4: I know. Well, here's the thing. I, um, I actually met some Americans whilst I was in Canada last year and I managed to convince them that when I was younger in primary school, which primary school is the equivalent of like um, grade one or two after kindergarten. Right. Um, and so I convinced them that um, to get to school every day, I used to hop in a kangaroo's pouch and the kangaroo used to <laughs> Take me to school, and I—I I don't know if they were like they were literally that dumb, or like they were just laughing for the sake of it. But I thought I had them convinced. Like I put on a really serious face. It's like,
1: yeah,
4: it's a bit sticky in there sometimes, but you know, you jump in, and the kangaroo takes you to school. <laughs> That's
1: yeah, it, not not all Americans are that dumb. It just depends. <laughs> it's if you're from North Carolina or uh, Atlanta or uh, Georgia. Uh, yeah. Or Alabama, you you, you <laughs> might actually believe that Alan taught the school in yeah. a kangaroo pouch. So.
4: Yeah, I'm not sure where these guys were from, but it was it was a fun, it was a good laugh anyway. And um, the other thing that we talk about is drop bears. So if you ever hear, hear, hear anyone talking about drop bears,
1: I haven't heard bears. that one.
4: Never heard that one. No. All right, see, this is this is this is an Australian thing, and maybe I'm I'm doing us this dif- disfavor by telling you. But um, when whenever we have tourists, we always say, "Watch out for the drop bears," right? Um, and basically, um, we talk about it's the equivalent of like a um, like a, a bear or a polar bear or something like you know
1: jumping out of a
4: tree and
1: getting. <laughs> <in>. <laughs>
4: So that's, that's an Australian one that we talked right. about.
1: So so basically what it is, is all Australians are a bunch of smart asses who like you know, <laughs> um, the, the tourists. Pretty much, okay. pretty
4: much. And um, yeah, and here's the thing is not all Americans, but a lot of Americans uh, because like, and I think this is to do with the media is that America is, you know, America is so great and, and all those other things that people don't know what's outside of America. Um, yeah. They just, you know, where, you know, for whatever reason, and like I said, it doesn't apply to everyone. I may be offending some people right now. It doesn't apply to everyone, but there's a lot of people who just don't know anything past America. And so that's why, as 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 a true Australian, we take the opportunity to be smart asses and yeah. play play little tricks like that for when people come over and things like that. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's interesting you say that. And um, we've been uh, my wife and myself and my family have been traveling for fourteen months now inside the United States. It, yep. it, there are a lot of people that don't understand that there is a different part of the United States from yeah. their hometown. That there is a there are different cultures um, and different vibes and different towns around the United States, and that it's, it's not all just some homogenized mass.
4: Yeah,
1: um, you know, some people just can't see beyond their own nose, and, and yeah. I'm sure that that's that is a worldwide phenomenon.
4: Can I can I ask your opinion on that then? Like sure. what do you think what do you think that is? Like do people just get their news and information from the TV? Is that what they're relying on? Or like is it just they like they don't know any different because the school teacher doesn't know any different and the postman doesn't know any different and they're just in their in their circle and that's that's all that there is in their world? Is that
1: Well I, I think that I think that honestly people in general, um and even myself included, you know, it's it's this concept that the world revolves around you that that everything yeah. you know all of your problems are the biggest problems and that that there's really nothing else outside of your life um and it's and i in a lot of ways i think it's a form of selfishness um that we become so insular and 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 myopic uh, on our own lives because you know i mean you know my problems are heavy duty to me yeah. Um, and, and what I need to do is heavy duty to me, but there's this great big world out there that is running completely yeah. independent of me. Um, yeah. and, but a lot of times I don't notice because I'm just, I'm so focused on my life. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and speaking as a man of 47 years old, um, you know, I know that years can go by, yeah. and, you know, not thinking about that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And so I I just, I think that, and I think there is some, there is something to do with the news and, um, and the, you know, the fact that people do have a tendency to, you know, only listen to the stuff that agrees with them uh, or the the stuff that is, that is, you know, with, that is comfortable to them. Um, And so you do, you, you miss out on what is going on two towns over, let alone on the other side of the world.
4: Yeah. And it's, and it's, you would have, obviously, as you mentioned before, you would have learned a lot, even just traveling within the US mm. and things like that. Um, but yeah, that is really interesting. And, it, and it's not just like, I don't want to just point the finger at Americans. It applies to everyone. You know, we all get caught up in our own bullshit totally. and, and all those other things. And so I think what, what I think because Australia is, um, is such a multicultural country um, we have and we take a lot of influences from the US um, and and a number of other different countries. It, it just I think there 's a lot of exposure to all of that but when you when you have a town that um, or, or whatever that doesn 't have that, that many influences and, and people from outside coming in and things like that it can be difficult to understand other people's perspectives and, and things like that if you if you're always within your own circle sort of thing so yeah. it's completely understandable um and yeah i don't think it's necessarily anyone's fault um or maybe it is maybe it is someone's fault maybe there's a conspiracy but anyway I, yeah, I that's, just, that's, a, like,
1: that's another show altogether. we can <laughs> talk conspiracies yeah because um, from,
4: from an from an outsider looking in,
1: and this may be a
4: massive bad assumption, it, it looks like it almost feels like the mainstream media controls somewhat of what people do and see and, and things like that. Not, not controls, I should say, but influences to a high degree on, on what is actually coming through and, and what they're perceiving about everyone else and things like that. Mm. So that's an outsider's point of view. I could be wrong. I could be right. Who
1: knows? No, it's definitely, uh, the media in the United States is insidious. It's, it's bad, ugly, hateful stuff. Um, and there is, I honestly cannot think of a single media outlet that is not in some way owned by, you know, Rupert Murdoch. Um, Yeah, sure. You know, and it's, it's, um, you're told what to believe yeah you're just plain told what to believe and sometimes that's you know because the sponsors paid for you to believe that it's yeah um you know it's bad it's bad and and i think honestly a lot of people just don't they don't want to know how bad it is um and they don't want this precisely precisely which you know oddly enough that that was going to be the name of this uh of this podcast uh, Awesome, my show (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Jimbo's ignorant bliss
4: nice
1: anyway well Alan this has been great Um, now's the part where I'm gonna ask you to either drop a value bomb uh, throw out some links tell people where they can find you uh, tell a joke Uh, anything you want to say do is uh, is entirely up to you the floor is yours
4: sure Um, so Once again, thank you for having me. Um, if you'd like to find me, you can find me, um, the Facebook group, whilst it's called the Australian hustle, um, it's welcome to anyone, the principles and things like that. You can learn all those things. So if you go to Facebook, type in the Australian hustle, you'll be able to find it. Jump on in, have a look, um, connect with me on Facebook, Alan Howe, A-L-A-N-H-O-W-L-E. And, uh, as for my final sign-off or whatever, um, I guess just I think like the biggest thing that I'm, I'm sort of going through for myself as well as the people that I'm working with is, is that the same principles that apply in real life for your business and for everything else, they apply on social media. Um, sometimes it's a matter of just backing yourself and, um, and really just starting a conversation with people. So, yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Awesome. That was very cool. Alan, again, thank you so much. Um, enjoy that weather over in Australia and, uh, and I would love to have you back anytime. And um, let's just keep hanging out and shooting. Keep the
4: conversation going. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. And thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. And everybody, again, go visit Alan. Uh, there'll be links in the description and um, go check him out and uh, see what he's got going on. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks again, Alan. Peace out. Thank brother. you. That's it, man. We're done. Boom.
4: Thank you. Hey, that, was that was really great. cool.
1: Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. It's, um, you know, it, it's funny when I started the podcast, I thought it was just going to be kind of another add-on to work. But yeah. I've really had a lot of fun doing it. Um, awesome. And if if nothing else, you know, if if no... Nothing else good comes out of it. I met, I've met some really cool people and had some fun conversations. Yeah,
4: mate. I like it's the exact same thing for me. Um, I yesterday I interviewed a uh, two comma club winner, um, and I don't think I would have been able to interview him unless I had my community and um, and whatnot to leverage. Yep. Um, and so yeah, I've, I'm in the exact same boat. I've been able to interview some amazing people, and and as a result of, I love doing these sort of things. Any time I get to talk about myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: the, the best. I, I love it. I love talking about James. <laughs> yeah.
4: No, but thank you again for having me on. If there's anything else that I can do, please let me know. Okay. Otherwise, um, I will, I'll just, um, I'll drop the, the link to my Facebook group in um, the chat thing. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. Um, this will probably come out sometime in February. I've got a whole lot in the can already, so this will will probably roll out in February, but I'll let you know plenty in advance and uh, send over the shareable stuff and and all that good stuff.
4: Awesome, mate. Thank you again for having me. Appreciate it. Awesome.
0: Thanks so much, Alan. Have a good one,
1: buddy.
4: Yeah, you too.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the uncle Jimbo sideshow to learn a bit more about today's delightful guest be sure to check the show notes. If you'd like to discuss marketing, branding, and other dirty words with Uncle Jimbo, please visit jamespmgaffney.com. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and all that stuff. Again, this man has a legal team you do not want to play with.